Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 197, interview with the winning trainer at Saskatchewan Equine Expo, recorded on February 18, 2020. Brought to you in part by Ponsai Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous monthly support. Thank you for that support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Balbar. This episode will include some thoughts on our trip to the Saskatchewan Equine Expo, Newfoundland ponies, announcing the winner of the Trainers Challenge. And an interview with the winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Diana, we're back from the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. What did you think of the event? Oh, I totally enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, <laughs> what I think I really enjoy about mm-hmm. the Saskatchewan Equine Expo is it's not quite as busy as some of the other expos we go to. <laughs> so, I mean, as great as it is to have that many choices, it just makes life a lot easier, you know, when you don't. You're not yeah. running around quite so... This reminds me, actually, this reminds me of last year, and you were quite agitated, and you were, like, rustling in your seat last year, and, and then you realized that you... Didn't have anywhere else to go. You didn't have to jump up and go anywhere. You could just sit there and watch what was going on in the ring. I know, it's a mindset, yeah. hey? Yeah, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> well, I have to fess up. Uh, there was no OTTB uh, challenge this year. Re- no off-track off thoroughbred challenge. Yeah. Nope. Oops, my bad. <laughs> Sadly, it only happens once every two years. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's a great chance to meet up with people we know and meet new people I, when we get out to the expo. I just love to see the people we only ever see at this event, like Jody Bush, <laughs> Lori Cates, Leanne Hurlbert, and Charlene Omelon. Yeah, and all the other trainers. They, well, the other because tra- we often see the same trainers yeah. at events, or they're there exactly. watching. We see them at other events. Right? And right. the judges. Yeah. yeah, I love running into Ron Anderson, you know, Dale Clearwater. It's mm-hmm. great. It is. It's wonderful. Well, I have to say, Diana, I expected it to be cold, but I wasn't really <laughs> prepared for how cold it was. <laughs> it's the wind. It's oh, always and, the wind. I know. And, you know, I mean, you could say it's a dry cold, but I don't care. It was cold. But it was nice and warm inside, though. It was, yeah. I was thankful for that. <laughs> so speaking, though, of people we were able to connect with, what I thought was really great was seeing Josh Nicole again. Right. <laughs> you know, last time we saw him was at the HBOC, the Horse Breeders and Owners Conference. Oh, my goodness. And his, his <laughs> eight-year-old little guy was just a toddler then. <laughs> right. And the first time we saw him, that was at the conference out west of Edmonton, the Health Harmony uh, and Horses yeah, Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. With Sonia uh, Sonia Vischer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got oh it. man. Yeah. That was so long ago. Uh those were almost like the good old days, you know. There there were so many more things going on with horses uh-huh. in our area back then. Now, I know we've got an interview with Josh from back in that period, so you know, I'm going to see if I can quickly look those up and have them for the end of the episode. Because oh, be I know we did interviews with him, yeah. Yeah, and we liked his approach then, and it's great to see his success and the growth of his program now. Yeah, you know, his skills as a presenter have really blossomed. I, I think he was reluctant to present before. Yeah, a little bit. And I think he's realized this is his calling. He yeah. can help so many people. Absolutely. But what blows me away is the way his kids have grown up. So his daughter was absolutely amazing with helping at the booth and organizing <laughs> things for her dad. And, you know, she is only 12. 
Yeah. And she just, she reminds me so much of my daughter, Janine, at her age. And, you know, people might remember when Janine was 12 to 14, she was organizing my clinics. Yeah, she was right? like, kind of like 12 going on 22. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was scheduling her dad and saying, you know, he only has 15 to 20 minutes yeah. now. And then he has to be back at the booth. And I'll go like, oh my gosh. Yeah, But, <laughs> but she was very, um, really wanted to help you out. Oh, and, yeah. And, oh, she was, uh, she oh, was yeah. so socially good at yes. what she was doing yeah yeah well on to the expo you know we arrived later than we wanted to of course that (laughs) seems to be the way things are we left early friday and got there in enough time to be settled and we watched the second session of the trainers challenge right so the the first session was the night before and we couldn't get away that early no chris monroe was the first one in with a black filly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he said if it was up to him he'd call his filly b (laughs) which i thought was weird but then he said it's because and i almost thought that almost thought a nasty word (laughs) no because she was busy like a bee always Uh, moving about with her feet yeah 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 and you know it was interesting as we're watching him chris mentioned that he can't saddle with his right arm because of an injury you know i noticed that right away that he i said to you yeah i said to you i said he must think it's Favoring. a good thing. He, yeah. No, oh. I said he must think it's a good thing to saddle from On the, the off side. Yeah. And yeah, anyway. But you know, I think he told us, well, but they'll hear that in the interview. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 So you can hear more about the injury. Yeah, yeah. In, and, in an upcoming episode, yeah. 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 Uh, it, and it's an interesting story. And Rick was in next. Yeah, he, he sure garnered a lot of audience participation. Well, yeah, he started with naming his horse by audience applause-o-meter. So he said, if it was just him, the horse would be called Brownie. But in his barn, since his wife and three daughters are part of the mix, all the horses have to have special names now. So it was a choice between between Brownie, Sandy, and Donna. And the audience, of course, chose Donna with her applause because, I mean, this horse did not look like a Sandy. And Brownie is awfully plain. And you know, he said he's got he, before he met his wife, he had brownies and blackies and buckies <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and you know, it just reminds me of when I got my you know, Tommy, my oh, yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. little pony, Tom Foolery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was named in half an hour on our way home because I was told if I didn't have a name for him before we got home, his name was Herman. Herman. And if I didn't oh. have a new name for him before we got home, his name was going to be Shorty. Oh, yeah. And I immediately said, <laughs> Tom Foolery. <laughs> no, that anyway. Tommy suited him so much. Brownie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. and then he used his audience clapping to help him move his horse out. And so right. we, we've seen trainers use the crowd that way before. But Rick was really humorous. Well, you it. know, he had the audience trained very well, almost to a fault. <laughs> like, his horse would move off to applause, and I was so worried they might clap at the wrong <laughs> yeah, time. Really? But, you know, here's where you could see the audience there was very knowledgeable about horses. Yeah. They knew yeah. when to applaud and when to refrain. Yeah, they totally did, yeah. 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 And then Rod Olson was in next with a good-looking <laughs> chestnut filly. A very athletic filly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so everyone was really impressed with how much Rod was getting done. And I had to be told what her attitude was in the first session. Yeah. When it took him a whole hour just to get her to accept his touch mm-hmm. for him to be able to, to stroke right. her on the neck. Yeah. And especially the withers. I, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it 
yeah anyway that's yeah. gonna be a you're gonna hear more about that later um y- you know you saw rod's whole session and i left early for a valentine's day <laughs> dinner with yeah, my hubby yeah. yeah and you got back in time to watch the equine extravaganza with me and i'm yeah. so glad we went to the extravaganza because you know it's a long long night it <laughs> yeah, makes it for is. a long day it when does. you're coming from yeah. early in the morning from yeah. where we are out to there yeah. but um, you know, never mind the all-round great horsemanship, but we would have missed seeing show-jumping clinician Gareth Graves with his very technical course walk description and the great <laughs> display of jumping <laughs> by his clinic students. I was beginning to wonder if they ever would get to jumping. <laughs> yeah, if they'd have time to hold their little competition, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've since learned that Gareth is enthusiastically passionate about jumping. <laughs> I, I know that sounds redundant, but he's enthusiastically passionate, and and you'll hear that in our interview with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Diana, I, I don't think this little rundown of the expo would be complete without mentioning the Newfoundland ponies. I oh, think yeah. you need well, to do I, that. Well, I did say that was my favorite part mm-hmm. of the extravaganza. And earlier, um, in between the trainer's challenge, mm-hmm. and while you were out for dinner, I got a chance to, you know, kind of breeze through the trade fair, right? <laughs> breeze through, yeah. through the trade yeah. fair. You know, yeah. like, I don't think we, we <laughs> gave the trade fair any kind of recognition at all. It was a race. I, I breezed right past people I knew without stopping or even <laughs> oh, seeing them. Right. But but a, a really lovely picture, a photo, mm-hmm. a big photo mm-hmm. of a blue roan pony caught mm-hmm. my eye. And yeah. I was actually going so fast I went by it and then mm-hmm. I doubled back. <laughs> and I had to just, I just had to go see that photo and talk to them. So that's where I met Carissa Holinati. Yeah. And she actually agreed to a Facebook Live on Saturday. Right. So people can look for that. Yeah, on it's, it's on the page. To yeah. talk about her Newfoundland pony. And this is an endangered breed with only 400 horses worldwide. Isn't Basically, that a shame? I think mostly just Canada and the States. That's right? a shame. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of things we'll have to, in a future episode, talk about that, mm-hmm. I think. And so Carissa said she was going to wait a few years to breed jewels. Jewels with a G. Jewels with a G. Mm-hmm. As she's currently teaching her young nieces, mm-hmm. age six and nine, to ride. Right? Yeah. And so <laughs> so in the extravaganza, they announced that, you know, the, the Welsh mountain pony and, mm-hmm. and the Newfoundland pony are going to put on a little demonstration. Yeah. And in comes just the two ponies in this right. huge arena. Mm-hmm. These two little girls riding. <laughs> and they rode right past the crowd with hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Right? And I tell you, sitting up so proud and graceful and hands in just the right place. Mm-hmm. And this little six-year-old looks over and smiles. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. and like, I, you know, yeah. but anyone who knows me know I love kids on ponies mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah. and lots of people love kids on big horses where yeah. they look like little you know <laughs> beanies on top of a stick i don't know i personally love kids and ponies mm-hmm. and it just made me tear up yeah i just you know i said oh it was so darn cute anyway um i could absolutely see why carissa was holding off on breeding her what an awesome little pony mm-hmm. and she even had a wither like a, you know i mean <laughs> ponies with withers that's a big deal with yeah. withers, it's a big deal <laughs> yeah. you don't have to use the cruppers and the breastplates the croupers and the yeah. breastplates and well, everything else Lance to keep those saddles it? on yeah, yeah i think Lance yeah he has, has a, a wither, he has yeah. a wither. 
Not so yeah. much uh, with the sky, though. <laughs> no, those the round. other ponies, you know, you have to just about cut them in two when, mm. you, when you put their saddles on to make sure they don't come on. And then even then, it doesn't matter. Anyway, and, yeah. you know, the driving demonstration was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I could not believe how fast the Gypsy Vanner cross quarter horse yeah. was going through the obstacles. He, was, oh, he kept trying to go faster and faster and faster until yeah. he finally couldn't make the turns. Yeah. Yeah. What a crowd pleaser. Yeah. yeah, he was He was having the <laughs> time of his life. He, yeah. he was working up the crowd, trying to get them up. Oh, yeah, and, and that was the other one that actually made me just about cry when I watched him. The fellow that was driving that horse was having so much <laughs> fun. Yeah, he was. You know, it was just awesome look, the yeah. smile on his face you know yeah. and you know at the pony club and the 4-h kids put on a great show too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on the 4-h i can believe it really good four riders yeah all carrying flags yeah which helps to kind of make them look bigger yeah <laughs> but they're doing this musical ride and they were absolutely amazing because it's really difficult to make good formations with only four horses and apparently they had only had an hour and a half practice the day before <laughs> yeah. and the fun the thing that i thought was really crazy is they're in there and they're standing around and you're going like well what are they waiting for and the guy obviously they were waiting for music <laughs> and and the guy in the arena you know I mean, finally he, he says, says he says oh just put anything on with a beat (laughs) really (laughs) they're not going to get the music that they've been practicing to for only an hour and a half maybe they even forgot what the number was who knows they did an an amazing (laughs) job they did a pinwheel yeah 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 with four yeah (laughs) oh they they were really good anyway and the Clydesdale group was a crowd pleaser too so i was Mm. super impressed with the young woman she was driving that two horse team and pulling a big wagon Mm -hmm. with nothing on it and she backed the wagon up to face the crowd and then she asked her team to swing from one side to the other completely turning the tongue from one side to the other definitely a demonstration of ability and never never disturbed the wagon yeah and And i mean that's not just her ability to handle it it's the horse's ability to listen to what she is asking them to do as well (laughs) that makes sense yeah well i mean but the thing (laughs) is is that it's not i've seen that go very badly wrong so yeah she did an awesome job it was amazing yeah they were a good team i thought the one that was riding the Clydesdale looked pretty awesome too yeah you know those are big horses yeah that horse isn't as wide as the one we've got at home Oh, is that Jen's right? Horse, no. Oh, yeah. wow. Anyway, and mm. the trick riders were a huge crowd pleaser too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, too bad I didn't get a picture of the Thrillers trick riders because they were really decked out and blingy. <laughs> yeah, they were. They yeah. were great. Anyway, that was absolutely awesome. Well, I guess it's time for our interview with the winner of the Saskatchewan <laughs> Equine Expo Trainers Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! So this is where we can tell our listeners that Rick Weeb was the winner of the Trainers Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We interviewed Rick just after the last of his four training sessions. So a lot of people were saying he had it in the bag because mm-hmm. he had a great horse. Yeah. And you'll hear how gracious Rick is with his comments. Yeah. And after the interview, we'll talk more about how his final test went in the big arena. But 
One more thing I want to mention, listen very closely. With regards to Rick's web presence, I'd like to tell people now, and I'll remind them again after the interview, that his place is Sunrise Ranch, but you'll find his page on Facebook as Rick Weeb Custom Horse Training all one word. Sunrise Ranch is a common name and there's even a <laughs> website for a Sunrise Ranch and Rick Weeb that isn't this Rick Weeb. Oh really? Yes, so I just want to make sure people know where this Rick Weeb is online so they okay. can find him. Excellent. Now, th- thank you for going to that trouble. <laughs> yes. Uh, because it would have been very frustrating for people. Oh yes. Ah, so let's have a listen. Mm-hmm. So it's Diana here, and I'm with Sylvia, and we're at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo in 2020, and we're here with Rick Weeb, and Rick is one of the um, challenge contestants. Trainers Challenge. Trainers Challenge contestants, thank you. (laughs) And he's offered to give us some of his time to tell us a little bit more about himself. So, of course, as always, we do want our listeners to know more about who Rick Weeb is and how he actually got into horses and... Yeah, so we'll let you start with that, Rick. Yeah, well, I I grew up on a ranch, um, so horses were something, you know, I don't remember my first horse. It was just, you know, something that was always there, right? And from a young age, you know... um, I I thank my parents, I guess, you know, we we always had good horses, something that I could be on. I can distinctly remember the, you know, the black pony king, right? You know, everyone's probably got that story at some point, right? So That's great. That was um that was kind of my first introduction to the horses, yeah, and then, you know, just we we ran cows. So, I mean, it was it was checking checking calves, you know, newborn calves, we'd calve in May, June. So, I mean, grass was well, green, that's nice. I mean. Yeah, it was That's better than January. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. So where was this ranch? Uh, it's south of Lloyd Minster. It'd be a little town in Neilburg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the south of that, again, um, if you look at it on the map, it'd be Manitou Lake. Yeah. Oh, and we were okay. right on the south end of Manitou Lake. Nice. We owned the land right around, around the south tip. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So can I ask you one question before you continue on? You had the little black pony. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people that had the little black ponies don't have nice things to say about their little ponies. I love ponies, personally. Yeah. How do you feel about ponies, Rick? Yeah, he, he had his moments, but, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, in, in my 30-some years now of, of working with horses, I mean, I look back, and he was a steal, right? At, at the time, as a boy, you're, you know, you're frustrated with this, and you're frustrated with that, but now you look back. He was teaching you. He was teaching me, and, and you see how hard good horses are to come by. You yeah. start appreciating how good they actually were even though you know as a 10 year old boy you're pretty frustrated (laughs) about you know what's what's happening you mean i have to actually work to get you to do this yeah exactly (laughs) yeah no for sure oh that's awesome so you've been riding and ranching all your life yeah yeah so um you know i i went to a private school and i actually they only went up to grade nine so actually after grade nine i was full-time working right so i got a couple of years jump on on stuff i did go back later and and finish up my schooling um so um i'm kind of proud about going back and doing that i know everyone does that but not everyone um, does that no No, not everyone does no No. (laughs) yeah so so i got a i guess i got a jump on the work life right because i was 16 years old and i was i was working full-time right 
right? So um, I know we had this uh, this block of land. It was, I don't know, it was maybe seven, 800 acres, and we had 150 cows up there. And I set a little cabin up, and nice. I'd, go, I'd go check cows the one day, and then I'd sleep in the cabin overnight and finish checking. And, you know, some of it was just for fun, but, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a neat story. So, yeah, just kind of the practical life doing that. And then... Um, you know, I got I got a call, I guess, to come come work in the Outlook area on the PFRA pasture, and um, I'd heard lots about Peter Garnett, and um, he's quite a horseman, and um, and you know, I wasn't necessarily looking to go out and get a job. I was pretty happy at home, but I thought, you know, here's a guy that can teach me a lot, and uh, so. So I thought, you know, this is an opportunity I need to take and at least put a few years in and, you know, learn to hone my craft a little bit and maybe come back home. And I guess one thing led to another, and I married the boss's daughter. And oh, that's right. Three girls You're later, right. yeah. I, I think we can call this area home now. So. Oh, wonderful. So uh, what brought you to the Trainer's Challenge? I guess I've had I've had a lot of friends that have gone through it. Yeah, and I live locally. Um and uh you know i think in the last couple of years just building the business getting out in the media you know people got to know me a little better and so um it's not necessarily something i i sought out um i'm not a great people person but um you know it's one of those things if this is your your full-time business and they ask and and if you have some knowledge you can impart to to people and i i guess i really have a soft spot for young people because i was that young guy at one point that nice. somebody helped me out right so yeah. i mean if if at the end of the day I can help someone out or entertain a crowd, I'm I'm pretty happy. So yeah, I was, I was pretty blessed to have the invite. And so it's another it, learning experience. Yeah, too, exactly. Right? Was, yeah. was it your first? Is this yeah? Your this first? is my first time. Oh my goodness! Awesome. Yeah, you, you I was, speak really well to the audience and that sort of thing. So oh, that's thanks. Great. Yeah. So that's one thing I I wanted to mention too was um, you did use you do a lot of audience participation. Yeah. Right? yeah. Could you explain that a little bit and why you did it? Because I thought you explained it really well. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I guess I came into this, you know, it's a competition, and I think competitions are good. It's it's good to strive to be better. Competition and working with fellow trainers is what, what causes us to go home and work harder because you see somebody else, you know, that maybe has an edge on you and, and that. So, um, you know, I think the competition is good, but I came into this kind of saying, above all, you know, it's it's the people that come here year after year that keep this thing going. They buy the tickets, and, and so really it's about them. I'm going to do my best to win, don't get me wrong, but it's about them. And so if I can if I can create a positive experience for them and have them wanting to come back, I mean, it, it's part of my industry. They're the ones who bring me horses. They're the ones who pay my bills, allow me to to, to live the lifestyle I want. So if, if I've got an opportunity to help people out and, and teach them a little something, entertain them, that's just, you know, that's goal number one for yeah. me. So. And then you talked about the difference between being in a round pen and being in a larger area. Maybe you yeah. can expound on that. Yeah, like with my cold, my cold here, she's kind of... Um, she's maybe just a little bit crabby about wanting to wanting to move out and that's something that I don't think I would experience in a big arena and the reason is it's harder for a horse to to run in a circle than to run straight right and so now they have to run in a circle and they're always having to drop their shoulder and it's work for them right and these are horses that are are turned out in the pasture and they're not you know they're not lagged up they got winter hair on they're in a warm warm building right and and they're, they're soft right they're 
they have no stamina to them. So, so we're actually creating more work for them by causing them to constantly have to stop and turn, stop and turn, stop and turn. And um, in an open arena, once you get that movement, once you get them going, started moving, it just keeps flowing unless I come in and, and stop it. them. Yeah. yeah. So then, and speaking of your changes, um, I thought it was interesting what you said about transitions. So I think what you said was transitions are always the place where you will come, where they can run into difficulty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, the, you know, the, the transition that, that can apply to any area, um, you know, on, on your first work, it's the transition of the flag not being on them to being on them, right? And so it's that transition from being away to being on them. Once you're on them, they're kind of good, right? But if all I do is I leave it up there, they'll finally get good with it. But the next time it's away and you bring it back on, there's a transition, right? Whether it's transitioning from left eye to right eye. We do a lot of switching side to side because of that. It also rests the side of the brain. And that transition plays into everything, whether it's your legs, whether it's picking up for collection, you know, that's where stuff's going to happen. It's when they when they first move their feet with the saddle on them, when they first feel the, the cinch tighten, when they first break into a lope, it's that transition. So if I can bring them up and down through every transition as many times as possible, we hopefully mitigate the chance that that transition will will one day spook them and scare them so yeah and and i really like the fact that you said you know more transitions not just more running around more transitions will teach the horse more in a lesser time than than just running around yeah and i mean that's that's our goal right like I mean, you can get on these horses and you can get them tired in probably 15 minutes if if you work them hard, right? But it's it's all about, in my world, you know, I get paid for progress, right? Um, I get a reputation because of the progress I get. So if I can get the same thing done and have my horse fresher, um, they're going to want to think about it. Um, you know, I talk lots about um, keeping my horses thinking and not reacting. Yes. And so the more I can keep them thinking instead of just getting them tired and then putting them away, they start picking up and thinking, well, what's he asking now? And if you build that culture, if you will, in your horse's mind, then when you add a new aspect, when you add cows or a flag or working buffalo or working a rope, when you add a new concept to it, um, they pick up on it very quickly because they've been trained to say, well, what's he asking? What do I do next? Instead of oh my goodness, there's something new here. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, the other thing I'd like you to explain to our listeners is your um, your program with backing. Like backing the horse backing up. up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like quite honestly, I don't back a horse very much until until they're good and solid and started right normally yeah normally yeah you know we have we have a competition here and so we we hurry it up a little bit right but you know when i first go to ask to back a horse up you know they might they might fight in their face a little bit and so you know if i don't have a time frame i just as soon leave that and not cause that fight but here, um, you know, backing a horse up, I just want to give them every opportunity to succeed and to learn. And so I'll start on the ground. You know, I'll, 
I'll first make sure you know they're pretty used to the feel on a halter, right? That's they're they're most familiar with that because they've had the most work with that, right? So you know I'll just gently ask, and if they don't go to move their feet, I can take my foot and you know tap their front foot, and they'll pick it up, and inevitably they step back with it, right. and then I tap the other front foot, right? And it just it's a way to help them get their feet moving, you know, without reefing on their face, and just get them thinking about what you're asking. And then if you can get that established, then, you know, pretty soon when you put a bit in their mouth, you know, they kind of understand the concept. Next time when you're up on their back, you know, they kind of understand how to do it already before we just, you know, go to asking them like a broke horse. Now, you did something interesting today because when you weren't getting the back, you didn't want to fight with your face. So you used your uh, lariat. Yeah, I pulled my rope down off the saddle and I was pretty sure she'd, she'd be feely off of it. So I just flipped it over her neck and I put the rope around her chest and then I just I positioned my reins and the rope in such a way that when I picked up on them I would get some pressure on the bit but some pressure on her chest off of that rope as well. It worked great. It worked yeah. really well. And pretty soon she's getting off of it and then later in the work you know I didn't have my rope out and I went and asked and sure enough she, she just backed up nicely. So yeah, that was excellent. And you said there is an alternative you can put it around their nose but then when you pull back they want to go turning their heads. So yeah exactly. You know, people are thinking that would be an alternative it's not quite as good you didn't get as good a response as when you put it around her her neck and her chest yeah and i mean putting it around their nose is again just simulating what a halter would do because right. that's a feel they're probably used to already yeah um you know but yeah like you said if you flip it right over them and you pull it's just going to slide slide up their nose into their eyes right, right. so you kind of have to do it from one side or the other and then they end up bending and, mm-hmm. and so that chest it 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 works really well yeah and, you know, that's something like I've spent a lot of years cowboy, and I mean, we'd treat, I don't know, two, three hundred head of cattle every year. Wow. And we'd get to the place where, you know, if you're by yourself doctoring something, you'd rope it and you'd, you know, you'd heal it or you'd get it pulled down or something. And you'll actually get off your horse and you'll, you'll tie the rope to the horn and then you'll loop it around their neck. So the rope's coming down the right hand side because I'm right handed. You loop the, the tail of your rope down the left hand side wrap it around the rope going to the cow and then back up to your horn so you got this loop now around their neck right and we'd actually get our horses taught they'd they'd hold that tight and if the calf struggles that rope would kind of slap them in the neck and they'd back up and hold it tight and we'd go down and we'd doctor that cow but we had our horses trained so that if you'd pick up on that rope and just lightly cluck and you just go you'd pick up on it and gently pull you could actually lead them ahead off of the saddle horn and then you could pull your rope off and you know put two feet in or great working partners yeah Yeah. and so i mean what i did on that colt is no different right i was just saying look let's put this rope around your neck and let's just help you out and you know one day that might be doctor and a cow for somebody on this colt so so uh, you're in a pretty good position going into these finals how did how do you feel about it yeah i i feel i feel good i guess i feel pretty blessed i mean i I got the chance to pick pick the colt, so I mean, yeah. actually, I'd like to uh, expand on that. So, what what I mean, you had first pick no. of the three horses, am I correct? That's correct. That's yeah. right. But he so, drew. Yeah, he drew last. He drew yeah, last. I drew but last. Yeah. Pick. yeah. So you had first pick. So what made you choose this particular horse? 
I liked her confirmation the best. Like that was the first thing when you know I'm I'm fairly big on confirmation just because we show on the cow horse. It's fairly important, right? It it doesn't mean they're going to be the best colt for a competition like this, but I mean if if you got to decide one way or the other, you know you're obviously going to put the one with the best confirmation. So that was kind of the very first thing I noticed. Um, she was a little shorter in the back. I knew she'd be able to move out, and like she's just a supernatural loper. Like she'll just lope off pretty much from a standstill. Beautiful. or a very slow trot so i kind of noticed that about her she seemed fairly inquisitive um you know she was the one at the at 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 the beginning at at the front of the pack i guess you know for your listeners they turned all four horses loose in the arena so there were four yeah there's okay. four and horses there's three trainers three okay. trainers you mm-hmm. bet yeah just in case you know a horse gets sick or this True. or that Something right you happens. need to have a backup plan yeah. so they turn all four horses loose and then and then they just kind of mingle around the arena right so she was kind of always at the front of the pack she was the one who you know walked over to the fence at the beginning and you know she's a natural leader and you know I like that about her. It's it's maybe also her downfall because you know when I introduce something, she's she's pretty confident. She knows what's what's best, right? So we've had to deal with that a little bit. You know, stay out of my space. <laughs> you know, and that's where a worried horse maybe wouldn't you know wouldn't be up in your space. But she's super confident, and I really like that in a horse. Um, so that those were kind of the two main things. You know, the way she was put together. She was a natural loper. Um, her neck came out of her head. Her her shoulders really left and um, you know I look at their eyes you know there was one colt there that was pretty wide-eyed I was pretty sure she was going to be wild um, <laughs> which she wouldn't that? have been a chestnut by chance <laughs> yeah she might have been <laughs> yeah you know you could see a lot of white around her eyes so that was kind of sometimes you choose by process of elimination mm-hmm. right yeah. you say you know that's kind of one I'm going to stay clear of and yeah. then you know the other ones you know can so just there was one be. horse that wasn't chosen by anyone yeah. Can you give us some insight, maybe, into why no one chose that horse? Um, I I personally didn't mind the horse. Right? She she was a little bit. Um, her neck came out of her head just a little bit higher yeah. um, than this one. She's a little bit longer back, but she had a nice hip, a nice slope on her hip, and nice nice straight legs. She seemed to be a decent mover. Um, I did I did notice she was a little bit broad between the eyes. Um, again without working her it may have been nothing lots of room for brains yes and no (laughs) sometimes you get a horse if they have kind of a bit of a rise or a crest between their eyes Uh a bit of a lump they they can oftentimes be a little tough right she was you know i'm quite convinced she would have been quite feely you Mm -hmm. know she was she wasn't as wide-eyed as as you know the the chestnut was yeah but um but still but she was she was lucky enough right Mm -hmm. so um you know, without actually working her, you never know. She might have been the best one, and nobody worked yeah, her, right? True. You never know. Well, you, you sure picked a good one. Yeah, yes, no, I did a good job. Yeah. Now, there's one other thing that that I was going to ask you, and that was, have you got any thoughts? Now, I know you had a thought on what you were going to do for your what do you call it? The bonus freestyle. freestyle. Oh, the freestyle. So, and there's no cattle here. Mm-hmm. On yeah, the yeah we're going to rope, rope a cow. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of really hoping we'd have cows and we could rope something. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's, you know, this thing's been going now. This is the ninth year, I believe. So, you know, kind of everything's been done, and it's, yeah. it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to find something that's original. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'll be honest. I'm I'm a little blank as to what to do. Okay. Um, you know, some of it's going to just just be somewhat dependent on 
on how the horse is feeling at the end like um i i feel good about where the horse is at and i guess you know it's unfortunate i believe i go first in the final so i don't know what kind of competition i have to beat right mm, um that's hard so you don't know how yeah, hard you have to maybe move yeah the bar. exactly so yeah. i might have to push her a little bit harder um you know it's i'm competitive so i want to win but you <laughs> but. know if i don't have to push her i mean i i know um know john king there fairly well you know after this weekend and you know if i don't have to push her and and put stuff in there that is really cool for everyone to see in the crowd but but sometimes you know you can cause a little bit of brace by doing these cool yeah, things right and it's part of the competition but i mean if i'm feeling good about where i'm sitting and the way she's she's worked you know we might we might not do anything too extravagant and just <laughs> just let her let her build with what she's got yeah. very good very good well it was really a pleasure to talk to you but we are and not we gonna let them go no, yeah. we need no. to tell people how they can maybe get a hold of you yeah do you have a website or a facebook page yeah we have a facebook page it's sunrise ranch mm-hmm. um is our facebook page and um we try and my wife mostly mm-hmm. uh keeps it updated with with videos of what we're doing and this and that and and um, yeah, so I mean, if you guys, if if anyone has questions or we do lessons, um, we're kind of tailored toward the cow horse and the cutting pen. Um, but I mean, we put clinics on, and I mean, you know, if if whatever people's interests are, we're always happy to help. Right. And um, so there's contact information through the Facebook page. Yeah, you bet. You can message us them. through yep. through the Facebook page. Yeah, yep. you bet. Great. And, um, so yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, and best of luck this afternoon. Well, thanks for having me on. That's great. (laughs) So, trust me to advocate for the ponies. (laughs) (laughs) I loved how he said he didn't appreciate how good his little black pony was until looking back, you know, he realized just how hard it is to have good horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never mind good ponies. Well, I thought it was hilarious when he said the name of his pony was King because there are so so many many kings. So many kings. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Do you have some notes on Rick's final session? Oh, I think I do. Hang on a minute. Let me see what I got here. Yeah. So, yeah. So he started out with the uh, just with the leading with the barrels and the bridge. No problem. Mm -hmm. He saddled her. He lowered her head. That all went well. Mm -hmm. He walked around he picked up all of her feet. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a little bit of movement there. He had to keep taking her back to the center of the oh, square. Right, he did sure, that in yeah. the square, yeah. Yeah, they all did, yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to make sure they stayed in the yeah. square. Mm-hmm. And when he bridled, well, she raised her head a bit, but nothing. And she had a, he had a nice mount on her, mm-hmm. right? And the walk, trot, canter, there was a lot of cross-firing, and mm-hmm. a lot yes, of lead changes that's true. and I remember stuff. That. Yeah. But she got better and better mm-hmm. in the half hour that she was in the ring. She just kept getting better and better. Right. So, and what really impressed me was they they had to take a rope and pull a pole. They had to yes. pull it at least ten yards or something. He not only pulled it away, he brought it back and parked it and hung the rope up. Yeah. And not very many do that. Okay. So I was super impressed with pretty that. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The ground tying took a few tries, but, you know, he got her to basically stay. He let her into the trailer. No problem. So, yeah, I thought he had, uh, I thought he had a really solid performance, mm-hmm. you know. 
Well, uh, I <laughs> was there something else you wanted to mention about that? No, no. I just remember his, like, we talked to him about his freestyle. His freestyle, yeah. And he didn't know what he was going to do. He says, I don't think there's anything that hasn't been done. So then he yeah. says, oh, you know what? I think she is really good with the tarp. And so he picked up the tarp. <laughs> And he went all the way around the arena with this big tarp. <laughs> and then he brought her into the middle. That got her going. <laughs> yeah. And then he brought her into the middle. And he put he put the tarp over top of her and covered it over her head. So yeah. all she could basically see was the ground. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. she was just she was so good about calm it. Yeah. about it. She was good about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, he just got, she, she just got better and better the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, pretty hard to beat that performance for sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else? No, I don't think so. Well, then the one last thing I want to uh, just, I said that I would remind people is about Rick's contact info online, and it's Rick Weeb's Sunrise Ranch, best found on Facebook as Rick Weeb Custom Horse Training, all one word. Check it out. Rick Weeb Custom Horse Training. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, listeners, do you enjoy inspirational and informative interviews? Did you know about our exclusive content archive? And did you know that we also have a free episode guide to go with it? We have interviews with Olympians and other high-profile athletes, trainers and veterinarians, and many other experts in the equine industry, and even a few actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, when listeners discover our podcast, they seem to like to listen to every episode from the very first to the most recent episode. We mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we had interviewed Josh Nickel before. Well, thanks to the guide, <laughs> I know we interviewed him all the way back in episode number four. Oh my God, seriously? Yes. Episode four. Episode so when four. we said so when you, when we said that it was kind of the good old days. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, and ah. episode. Twenty-five. I okay. think there was another episode. I guess I'll have to keep working on the guide to find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well. These interviews are great for anyone who's on the road traveling from place to place. Or doing chores, or if you're grounded from riding or some injury or other health problem, or if you've just (laughs) had a baby and can't get back to riding as soon as you'd like. (laughs) Sorry, I think of all those things because I've been in all those different situations. Yeah, but when we were pregnant, they didn't have any podcasts to listen to. I know. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, was a while. Okay. (laughs) Showing my age. All right. Yes, and you can enjoy earlier episodes by going to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and look for products in the about section. Right, and so if you go to products in the about section, we have links to download the free guide and to subscribe to the exclusive content archive. Remember, there is a low monthly subscription fee for the exclusive content archive, but the rate will continue to rise as more information is added. So don't wait to lock in at the lowest rate. Go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and look for our products in the About section. So do you think our listeners know about our Facebook group? Well, now's as good a time as any to tell them. Um, (laughs) When we're not too busy with our horses, we like to interact in the Equine Companion podcast group. Yeah. Did you know we create a personalized welcome video for each new member? Yeah, so don't wait to hit the join button. It would be great to see even more people engaging in the conversation. 
we did a Facebook Live Insider video for the group members to let them know about our time at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. Mm-hmm. And we also told them about the upcoming interviews they can expect to hear. Right, yeah. And did get... you also put some pictures in there? I did. Some I photo did. montages? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, put some from, pictures in there. From the event, from yeah. the equine extravaganza. Yeah. Well, actually, from the Saskatchewan Equine Expo, and oh, I'm, going, I'm going to put some from the equine extravaganza um, when I have a minute. Excellent. They're, they're already made. I just have to get them in there. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, when you join as a member, please remember to answer the three questions when going through the join process. And how can our listeners find this group? Uh, to join the group, go to the page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on visit group located at the top right of the page on the desktop. And you can't really miss it on mobile. It's right there. Can't miss it. Yeah, in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the questions, please. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we'll see you on the inside. And if people are not on Facebook, please let us know what your favorite social media platform is. You can reach us by email at podcast at canadaequine.com. Did you know that when you like our page, you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode? Right. Yes, we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. So while you're at the page, click the like button and we'll welcome you here in the next episode. Well, speaking of the next episode, you know, we're going to have to work really hard to get another one out before <laughs> the end of the month. I'm off to volunteer at the social media marketing world in San Diego um, at the end of the month. Right. So we're really going to have to hustle. Well, let's just do it. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll yeah. get on your case if you get on mine. You bet. <laughs> So we look forward to seeing you all on the page and in the group. And if you're one of those horse-crazy people, or if you know a horse-crazy person who just doesn't know how to fill that horseless void, let us know. We want to help. Mm-hmm. And please, find someone new to introduce to the world of horses. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider. And Diana Belbar. And give your horses big hugs for us.